if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few good reasons. First of all, it's free, so you really have nothing to lose. They have so many tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can just be lying in your bed and record your podcast and they will also distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many, many more platforms. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Being a positive person for me, it came after my recovery. It's impossible to be yourself and be a good Mm -hmm. person and be positive when you're so focused on your appearance or starving yourself like it's you can't like I wasn't a good friend or Mm -hmm. daughter or wife or anything you know I was I was very self-centered so now that I'm on the other side it's like I can just I just have this space in my heart to Mm -hmm. be a kind person Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am Karima Elba and I am the host. I am so excited for this week's episode. I talked to the lovely Kate Noel. She's a podcaster, an actress, a YouTuber, and a mental health advocate. She shared with us her story about her eating disorder, which started at the age of 13, 14, and kept on going for over 10 years. So her story is so inspiring. It's such a crazy thing to go through for such a long time. But Kate has managed to pull herself up and she has come out of it as a warrior. And now she is ready to tell her story and to share her recovery journey with us. And she does such an amazing job with it, with her podcast, Take the Cake with Kate Noel, and also her YouTube channel, which is full of amazing, inspiring videos about her journey. And I mean, she's such a lovely person. So I am so excited for you to hear this episode. I really want to give a trigger warning to any anyone who is easily triggered. The conversation that I had with Kate is only to inspire you and to make you feel less alone if you're going through an eating disorder. It is not meant to give you any professional advice or to diagnose you. So if you are suffering, please do seek professional help because it's very important to be treated the right way. So thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate that. And don't forget to check out Kate's YouTube channel and podcast which is called Take the Cake with Kate Noel. And as always, don't forget to review us. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, all the good stuff. Just know that I really do appreciate that. So without any further ado, this is my conversation with Kate Noel. I would love for you to um, tell people who don't know you, who don't know your story, who you are, and also um, 
maybe when your eating disorder started, because that's what we will talk about today. Okay, I will try my best to keep it <laughs> short because everyone's story is so involved and long and mine is as well. But I really am not entirely sure when my eating disorder started. I think it was when I was like 14 or 13. But I remember when my first behaviors started because it was a very like life-changing moment for me, obviously. I feel like it's kind of like I imagine drug ad addiction. Like once you do something, once you realize not how easy it is because not like having an eating disorder is easy, but you're kind of like, oh, this is a way for me to cope. So I was really young and um, I just had mostly a restrictive eating disorder and then it ended up turning into bulimia um, and then it turned into laxative abuse and it was just a lot of yeah. cycles of binge and restrict and all that stuff and it was really hard on my body so yeah that was all the way up until I was you know like I said 13 or 14 probably until I was 20 three, <laughs> 22. It's a so long time. it's so long. It's so wild looking back. Cause you're like, that's so much of my life where it was, I was really trapped and I didn't actually really think I would ever recover. I, I, I want to say that cause I think a lot of people are in that boat that they, they like, just don't even, they can't even imagine their life mm -hmm. after. Um, yeah. so I was in that place as well. So that's why I started my YouTube channels because I did pursue recovery and I was like, wow, this is possible and life is so much better. So um, my intention behind my YouTube channel was just to mm -hmm. make like a couple of videos and just share. Uh, I'm a model and an actress in LA primarily. That's what I was doing before that I started. That sounds like a perfect <laughs> environment to be when you're suffering. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so, it was so wild too. And it's like, I remember moving from um, Indiana from the Midwest when I was 20 to LA. And a part of it was that I wanted to like run away from my problems, which doesn't work. You know, it's like we try and make that work. It doesn't work. And right when I got here, I got scouted. And I remember thinking this, there's no way that like I'm, I moved here to overcome my eating disorder. Yeah. If I'm a model, like that means like I was, what I'm trying to say is I was trying to convince myself that modeling was like going to help me recover and it was going to help me get out of it. And like, it didn't, you know, it, it really, it made it so much worse. So, so yeah, I, I did have a lot of like really hard struggles to fight in that way. Um, but I'm really lucky now because after my recovery, I was able to find really supportive agents and mm -hmm. people in my life and clients who just really appreciate me as a person. And I'm still working. Mm -hmm. um, it still can be hard sometimes, but it's so much easier now. I mean, I'm so much more confident and yeah. yeah. Sometimes you really have to like step out of mm -hmm. your bubble in order to have perspective, you know, like yeah. over life or over yourself, because 10 years, you know, suffering mentally and physically and um, emotionally is, it's such a long time, but I feel like if you're in it, you don't realize that as much as you do now, probably looking back, 
uh, you can really look back and, and think, oh my God, like, how did I survive that? And I think it's with a lot of things. It's not solely, you know, eating disorders, but it's a lot of, um, it's like you said, like with addiction, like with anything that you kind of go through when you look back, it seems like impossible to have gone through that. Mm -hmm. So I salute you. And I really am mm -hmm. such a huge fan of, of your YouTube channel and also just of the person that you are. You seem like such a lovely <laughs> human being. Um, I... I'm actually, I really am interested in knowing, did that happen gradually for you? Or did you have like, like an aha moment or like, did something happen that kind of pushed you to recovery? Or did that kind of, you know, gradually happen for you? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. You're so sweet. <laughs> I oh, no, just I, have words. I mean <laughs> You're so sweet about telling me that I'm a lovely person. I just really appreciate that. And so are you. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really, it's kind of both. It kind of was gradual and it kind of also was like rock bottom situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't really know, but I, I do know the things that I remember thinking before my recovery that really made me want to recover. Mm -hmm. So there's two things that I kind of wanted for my life. Mm -hmm. And one of them was my period. So I didn't have my, my period, um, yeah. And that comes with all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and wow. I just was, I never gave my body a chance to have a period. Really. I had my first period when I was 17. Cause like I said, I was really thin. Like I had an eating disorder when I was in my you know, puberty years. So I didn't give my body a chance to really be, you know, to go through puberty. Yeah. So I was really late in the game. And I remember feeling really like I never connected with my womanhood. I never like was able to see myself as a woman for so many reasons, but that was one of them. And I got married and just as I got older, just realized like, wow, it's, it's a really big deal that I don't have my period. Like that's really not okay. And I was definitely feeling the physical effects of it. So I just had an epiphany and I just went to the doctor, my OB, and I was like, I feel like you're going to tell me I need to gain weight, but I'm just here for you to tell me that. Like, I basically just went in, you know, knowing that what he's going to say. But it's just like sometimes <laughs> I think people, especially with eating disorders, they just, the type of personality, you just need someone to tell you. Mm -hmm. the truth you know it's like you know the truth like we all know the truth in our hearts but we just need someone to tell us so mm -hmm. I just yeah he told me uh you need to gain weight and you'll probably get your period back and so I did I just that was my main motivator I wanted to see if I could get my period back because I was honestly not sure that I would because like I said I never had a regular cycle mm -hmm. and I started so late in the game that I would just google you know like primary amenorrhea. Primary amenorrhea is when you uh, don't have a period because of medical reasons that are aside from starving your body. So I wanted to know if I was in that category or if it was because I was not eating enough. And then the other motivator was I was really burnt out as a model because um, I was working a lot. I was making a lot of money and working really long hours. And I couldn't handle it. My body just couldn't physically handle the 
the work in conjunction with me not eating enough. So it was like two, those are the two main things. That sounds so crazy. I can't imagine because you, like your body never really developed the way that it should. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we get our periods at the age of 13, 14, 15, maybe. Um, And if you've never really had your period, like I can't imagine, was it easy getting it back? Or like, what did the doctor say? Well, I, the doctor said, you know, he didn't really say anything. (laughs) He would just, I mean, he's just like, when you gain weight, you'll get your period. Like it wasn't like he was a man. It, it was a man. Have something yeah. to do with it. Like <laughs> you can connect with that. Yeah, it was a man, and he actually was. So my actual OB is a woman, mm-hmm. but she was on maternity leave. So they were like, mm-hmm. "We're gonna put you with this guy," and I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> but yeah, he you know he wasn't he doesn't have the best bedside manner. I don't really see him anymore. I see the woman, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, the the thing that really changed my life was the book no period now what i don't know if you've heard of that but it's uh Um, no i did not yeah it's like a amazing book it's huge Mm. it's like a big book but it is the thing that really motivated me to get my period back because the author of the book who i actually interviewed on my podcast she's so special uh she just kind of just no BS lays it out for you. Like, this is what you need to do to get your period back. This is what's going to happen if you don't. And it's kind of mind blowing just like the way she words everything. And she has like a bunch of studies that really make you that go like, wow, I really need to take this seriously. But I think it took me about eight months of eating a lot and not exercising and just removing as many stressors from my life as I could to get it back. A lot of weight gain too. First of all, I would like to know how was treatment? So you, you got your period back, but was that um, after you went and seeked treatment or was that before? Um, mm-hmm. kind of like, I would like you, if you want to, to like walk us through a bit through um, if someone is suffering at this right moment, if they want to seek help, I just want you as an example, like for them to look up to and to be like, okay, that's what she did. So mm-hmm. I can do that as well. So I really want to, you know, like um, have like a timeline to yeah. recovery because I think it's it's such a complicated thing if you have to do it alone. And to have someone like you so open about it, because I mean, there are really not a lot of young girls out there who are so open and honest you're talking about your period not many not many girls know (laughs) i mean that's how we learn that's how especially young girls learn in this case when we're talking about Mm -hmm. period um so so yeah if you would like to just uh kind of take us with you a bit um how was treatment when did you start it how long did it take um and yeah i'm gonna let you like <laughs> I, I love that. I love um, this idea of encouraging, especially young people, all people to seek help because yeah, I definitely experienced the isolation of eating mm-hmm. disorders. And I also experienced the isolation of recovery by myself because I chose mm-hmm. to pursue it by myself at first. So my timeline, basically I I started my recovery and I got my period back. Like I said, it was probably about eight months, but the entire time I was kind of in what they call quasi recovery, which is like, basically you're not all in, you know, you're still 
kind of halfway in, halfway out or 60, 40, whatever. And so I was kind of in that space. And I think a lot of people are, and people feel really guilty when they're in that space, but it's really normal. But the reason why I recommend treatment and the reason why I ended up going to treatment was because you can stay in that space for a really long time, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it's, you need, like I said earlier, we need someone to tell us like the facts of what we need to do. And so physically, for the most part, physically, I was able to recover on my own. I did end up seeking therapy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't treatment. It was therapy for Mm -hmm. eating disorders once a week, which, which was helpful uh, for sure. And I would recommend if that's all that somebody feels like they can do, definitely do that. But for me, um, after I got my period back, it was like, okay, I have my period back. Now I can start exercising again, or now I can start not eating as much as I was Mm because I was eating so much. And it just, recovery is like a mind game when you don't have help. Like eating disorders are a mind game. Your your brain is like, telling you all these opposing thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's what recovery is if you choose to do it by yourself. Because I think you're so used to not trusting yourself. So Mm -hmm. I ended up kind of relapsing after I got my cycle back. And then I ended up pursuing treatment after. So um, it was actually like a year, I think, after I started my recovery. Or I think it was a year after I got my period back. I decided to go to uh, treatment and I did intensive outpatient for, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember how long. I think it was six weeks, maybe 12. I can't remember if it was six or 12 weeks. Wow. That was, that's like a very different timeline, but (laughs) it was a while. I remember that because I ended up like taking work off and everything, but um, treatment really helped me to find out the emotional parts of it. Like it helped me break the barriers. And so physically I was recovered, but treatment really helped me emotionally recover for good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the best. That's like, like I, the toughest part, right? Yeah. It's so tough. Like it helped, it helped me really learn about my childhood roots, like what really started it and how that manifested into my adult mm-hmm. life yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's wild when you learn about yourself in mm-hmm. ways that you didn't know before, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really, really recommend it if it's possible, mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to be able to go, just try it out, you know? And, and you yeah. also have to be dedicated to it. Like you really have to set your mind to it and go for it. Cause you, I think if you're, um, seeking help but that you're kind of turning back again and then like that can be exhausting as well that you just you know like running in circles and that you can't really get out of it so I'm so proud of you even though I don't know you personally at all but I'm just so happy to hear when people get out of things that kind of drain them and um it's so crazy because I mean we all had our share of you know body image issues but um, developing an eating disorder is something that it's, um, it's intense and it's, it's crazy. So that, you know, kind of takes me to another part of what I want to ask you is, 
do you have like a routine or a plan that you stick to? Because you seem like such a positive person, but I assume that it takes you a lot of effort to get there. Um, but I just, you know, do you have any advice or like tricks or routines or mantras or anything that can help people get out of a slump or, um, or kind of like view life in a more positive way, even if they're going through something? Mm. Yeah, I, I have so many, you know, I love this question, but it's so hard to tell people like, oh, you should try this or you should try this because it's so complex. So yeah. mm-hmm. I, I've done so many different things throughout my recovery that have helped me. Um, mm-hmm. But let me think of like my top ones that I still do that are really important. So number one, I think is to surround yourself with people who support you. And that includes people who you have in your like life, actually, like your friends and your family. And that also includes people on social media and people that you don't know um, in your life, because it's really crazy when you go through your feed. Like (laughs) I feel like uh, Instagram is like who you follow on Instagram is a reflection of who you want to be. Yeah. So if you go through your followers, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you go through your followers and you are like struggling with your body image and you follow all these models or all these fitness Mm -hmm. influencers or all these people who promote dieting, it's like, yeah, you're just kind of digging yourself into a hole. Yeah. So I would just remove those, you know, if you feel like you can't unfollow them, which I would recommend at least like mute them or just Mm -hmm. take a break from social media. That is a big thing. And then I also just supporting your recovery or supporting your relationship with food by just surrounding yourself with content that's also supportive. So like Mm -hmm. if somebody's listening to this podcast, they're already have one foot in the door, but like podcasts and books and your podcast and your YouTube (laughs) channel. I really recommend you. That's so sweet. I love, I love hearing that. It never gets old. So sweet. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I try and, you know, encourage people as much as I can because, you know, like being a positive person for me it came after my recovery. It wasn't mm-hmm. like That's I had to work on being positive. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm actually like a good person mm-hmm. and have a good outlook on life, but it's impossible to be yourself and be a mm-hmm. good person and be positive when you're so focused on your appearance or yeah. starving yourself. Like it's, you can't, like I wasn't a good friend or mm-hmm. daughter or wife or anything, you know, I was, I was very self-centered. So now that I'm on the other side, it's like, I can just, I just have this space in my heart to be a kind person. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, just surrounding yourself with people and content that serve you in your stage of life. And if that's, if you're in a stage where you are like trying to heal your relationship with food, then, then that's what you should do. Yeah. And you also talk a lot about fear foods. Mm-hmm. Um, what is like the thought around that? What are fear foods for people who don't know? Um, and also how do you implement that into your recovery? Yeah, fear foods are just any food that you are like, I can't eat this because of a reason that's not like a food allergy or like a medical mm-hmm. reason. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like 
I am sensitive to, yeah, it's like, I'm not talking about like, oh, I can't eat gluten because I decided that I have a gluten sensitivity. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, if you have like celiac disease or, yeah, you know, whatever. So if your food is a food that you're afraid of eating because it's deemed bad by society, like, quote, junk food, you know, yeah. or even... I mean, everyone's eating disorders are different. Everyone's fear foods are different. Like Mm -hmm. some people are afraid of fats. Some people are afraid of carbs, you know, so many things. So yeah. So what I would recommend is just writing down a list of foods that at the grocery store, like next time you go grocery shopping, just look around Mm -hmm. and just think like about something that you would never buy in your life. Like you're Mm -hmm. like, I would never buy this. And then think like, write it down and then think about why. And then you can kind of see what correlates between them. Like for me, I have, I had a lot of fear foods, but for me, uh, sugar, like is a big fear food. And I'm not saying like, go eat tons and tons of sugar until you're just going to have a sugar crash, but it's like, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. sometimes in life, like I was even afraid of eating fruits, which I think is like a very (gasps) common fear right now with people. I know. Indeed. Like mangoes and even like avocados, people are like, oh, it's so high in fat. And I'm like, yeah. it's good fat. It's fruits. Yeah, the it's fat that your body needs. I think that people are just so obsessed with counting calories and just all like numbers, fruits and everything that is God made, you know what I mean? That is mm-hmm. not processed food is good for us. Just don't overeat and just, you know, do everything in moderation and also eat what your body asks you to eat. Cause you know, our bodies are so smart. I feel like mm-hmm. our bodies are like smarter than we are because if we're thirsty, we will feel it. You know what I mean? But do you have a better relationship with food right now or do you still struggle? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have like the best, I, I love my relationship with food. It's great. Amazing. Um, yeah. I, so I, I, I'm very aware of like what to respond to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think diet culture and diet culture is the reason why we have fear foods. It's the reason why mm-hmm. we are so afraid of certain foods. And I think the core of it all is that we don't trust ourselves. So we eliminate foods entirely. So for example, like I, you know, let's say I'm afraid of, of ice cream, which is something I used to be afraid of. I go to the store and I, I only let myself have ice cream maybe once a week and I have to buy like the low calorie ice cream because I don't trust myself enough. And I know that I'm going to want to eat the whole pint Mm -hmm. and the whole pint's okay. Like they advertise on it, like eat the whole pint, like this is healthy (laughs) ice cream, eat the whole pint. That's what they say on those low calorie ice creams. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It's, and they're not good. They're not good. I mean, when you compare it to normal ice cream, but yeah. And like now I'm like, I don't restrict certain food groups. Mm. So I can go to the store and I can get the normal ice cream Mm -hmm. and I can have just a little bit. I can have Mm -hmm. just a serving or whatever my body wants, but I know I'm not going to have the whole pint because I'm not starving myself of the food entirely. So I think that's what people do is they set these really strict limits on foods and create these really hard boundaries Mm -hmm. because they, they don't trust themselves. And eating intuitively is all about trusting yourself, but it takes a while to get there. So I would just recommend exposure therapy. That's why I do the fear food challenges on my channels. Just like Mm -hmm. having one bite of your fear food or 
having, you know, one serving, whatever, uh, you know, once a week or every day, if you can, and you'll see like, oh, I feel fine. Like Mm -hmm. I'm okay. You know? I would like to ask you, did you recognize that you were having an eating disorder? Like, were you in denial or did you like know that you had an eating disorder? I think I did. And I also didn't really know I had an eating disorder because it was like my identity. It was like me. Mm. Does that make sense? Like it was my autonomy. It was everything that I thought, basically, it was just all consuming. So I didn't really know the extremeness of it like I could tell myself it's not normal to throw up your meals you know Mm -hmm. but I couldn't see what it really was and the detriment it had on my mind and my body so yeah I, I did and I didn't and like I said earlier I just really didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. I didn't see the other side of it even being a possibility So it was just like, it's, I'm going to be like this forever. So I just, I'm going to have to be like this forever. Like there's nothing I can do about it because it's so addicting. And like you said, it's all, it just takes over your mental health so much. Um, So yeah, I, I, I I did know I had one. Definitely. I definitely did, but it didn't seem like it was possible for me to get out of it. So I didn't consider it. I really wish, I mean, I don't have like regrets or anything, but I, I do wish that the YouTube body positive space and Instagram space would have been around. Like there weren't a lot of resources for me when I was suffering. Yeah. So maybe there were, I guess I wasn't looking for them, (laughs) but yeah. But I mean, that's why people like you, I mean, thank you so much. Cause I know so many girls. um, Cause if I just check like the comments on your, um, videos i just see so many girls who are like thank you you're helping me so much with my recovery and i'm like oh my god i know it makes me cry it's so crazy like you see how isolating it is and also for most part even like the parents don't know or friends because you i don't know how that was for you did your parents know or did you keep it a secret my parents did not know anything Um, 10 years mm mm-hmm Wow. I mean, yeah, like you can get really good That's- at hiding stuff. And like I said, it's so isolating that you, yeah. And it's like, I was close with my parents. Like, it's not like I didn't have a relationship with them. Mm. You know, it just was, it was just like this secret life that I had. It was mm. like this, it was like just me and myself talking mm-hmm. to myself, uh, you know, all the time. So my parents didn't know. Um, my parents found out right before. I was going to basically make my YouTube channel, which was way late in the game. So, well, I told my mom and my dad, I told them like, I, I need to gain weight because I need to get my period back. And my mom was like, okay, uh, kind of like, you don't have your period. I'm like, I don't have my period. She's, she's always known like it was a regular and same with my husband. Like I, I told them like, oh, it's just how I am. Like, I'm just naturally this thin and I'm naturally not regular. I'm naturally athletic. It was kind of like a Mm -hmm. excuse. Mm -hmm. So 
I was very manipulative, I guess, until I decided to change. And then that's when I was like, okay, I need to tell you how serious this really, this really was before I tell the entire world. (laughs) So yeah. And your husband, um, did you meet him like way before you started recovery and did he play a role in, in your recovery? Yeah, I met him when I was suffering for sure. And I told him straight away, right when we started like mm-hmm. hanging out, <laughs> we were pretty young, but I told him uh, I used to have an eating disorder. Used to see like, that's what yeah. I did. I did right. that a lot. Like I used to, you know, have bulimia, like in like a few months later, I would because I didn't want to be alone. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want the eating disorder. I wanted it to, to go away, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to let go of it. Like I said, it was like my identity. So this was like my way of kind of telling him a little bit of the truth, but not like facing the reality of it mm-hmm. and the reality that I need to recover, I guess. So I told him a little bit throughout our entire relationship. And finally I told him everything. And when I told him I wanted to gain weight and I told him, like, Hey, I need to just tell you everything about my life. We had already been married, obviously very much in love. And so I, you know, he didn't, it affected my relationship with him Mm -hmm. for sure, because he was like, you know, it's really hard for me to trust you in this way because you've told me that you're recovered. And then you've, you know, three months later, you tell me that you're still suffering so honestly, it was really hard in our relationship. Um, but, you know, of course he supported me. He's the best. He's he's wonderful. And I feel really lucky to have him as as my partner. He He's never said anything to me that has been triggering. He's just so wow. supportive of me and loving. And our relationship is so much better now. There are so many reasons why. But yeah, if you're on the fence about recovery... So Oh, thank you. Really, like, yeah, you guys are just like, you, you can really see that you're so compatible. <laughs> thank you. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. It's actually funny because this is like, that's nothing to do with what you're talking about. But uh, <clears throat> um, when we were doing premarital counseling, mm-hmm. we took like a bunch of personality tests that were like recommended mm-hmm. by our the person who's going to marry us. And it was like all this stuff, like that we were complete opposites, like basically like we're not compatible based on these personality tests. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like scary. Like his number one core value. So this is like this test. There's like five core values. And his number mm-hmm. one core value is like secure. I'm like, hopefully not throwing him under the bus, but his number <laughs> one is like comfort and security, which is, which was, you know, up there for everyone. But not my number one at the time was spontaneity and change. And those are like opposites. And I was like, what are we doing? Well, it depends but, um, on how you look at it. Because I mean, you do yeah. want change. So you probably also want some comfort in your life, maybe, you know. For but sure, I mean, yeah. Tests, like if you have to believe every test that you take, like every personality. Yeah, you know, it's like we made it okay. And <laughs> <laughs> so good thing we didn't take them too seriously, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. But it's funny. And also like opposites attract in some ways, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you can be the same on so many levels and different on others Mm -hmm. and kind of like fill each other up. So I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't want to take too much of your time. So I don't know how much time we have left, <laughs> but maybe I'll just, um, because at the end of every single conversation, I love to like ask a couple of questions um, yeah. to my guests. Um, and it's called like the roundup questions. So okay. um, my favorite question, everyone knows this, is what do you like or love the most about yourself? Okay. I love that I have a very servant heart. So I love that I want to serve people and that my, really my goal in life is to serve every single person that I can, not in like a forceful way, but just mm-hmm. in a very natural way, um, regardless of who they are, who they identify as mm-hmm. just completely non-judgmental and just yeah just have yeah. that having a servant heart is something I really am I, I just love people I love friendships and people and um yeah I just want to be able to serve people well I think you're absolutely doing a great job with <laughs> Like every content that you, you put in the world. Um, Thank you. So do you have like a mantra, but I asked you this question before, like maybe a quote or a tagline that you kind of live by? Um, oh, man. Kind of sticks with you? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I don't really have like a mantra that I always say, mm-hmm. but Lately, I've just been saying to myself, I guess not lately, like throughout my recovery, I, my mantra is like, you can trust yourself or mm-hmm. you can learn to trust yourself or mm-hmm. you are going to trust yourself um, because I just was so far away from that for so long. So just my decisions and mm-hmm. my life i just want to be able to fully trust in my decisions and and not like in a very self-centered way but just in like a very spiritual Mm -hmm. god-focused way like i want to be able to trust myself and can imagine pursuing life especially recovery but life in general without having some sort of like spiritual element to your life Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i really have needed that sense of purpose as well so yeah. I, I appreciate that no because like I always ask myself like why are we going through this like why does this happen like you know if we were put on this earth just to live get sick you know yeah. pay bills like eat whatever I know what's like without purpose like to, to yeah. me that just seems not real like I always like I feel like there is more and there is more mm-hmm. you know if you believe then you believe that there is more so it gives you a great sense of purpose, for mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Um, if you would like to switch lives with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. I've never even thought about switching lives with somebody. That'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like waking up one day and just being if in a different do life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I, I don't know who... But maybe somebody with a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> I, oh my god! I don't know. I'm, I'm just, with you. <laughs> I'm like 
Maybe somebody with not that I want to be like a fan. And actually, somebody with a beautiful singing voice who lives in the middle of nowhere and like has like a farm and like lives like a self-sustaining life. (laughs) Maybe I'll regret that one day when I wake up with that. (laughs) But if anyone is out there who lives that life, that's the person I would switch with. (laughs) That is such an original answer. Because I mostly get like a name, like a real existing person. Yeah. Like Oprah, all of this, for that. You know what I mean? Like people who we know, but you're like so specific. I know. It's amazing. Another one I'm looking at her right now is my dog. I know that's like sad, but I'm just like, I look at my dog Millie sometimes and I'm like, you don't think about bills. You don't think about anything. You just sleep all day and live this great life. And I'm like, what is she thinking about? She just like walks into the kitchen and just like stares at the wall for a second and just turns around Eats. and stares at another wall. I'm like, what a life to live. That's <laughs> like, imagine that we can live as, you know, an animal of choice I know. for a day. That's crazy. That's, that's such, an, like, <laughs> such a funny, funny answer. I know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and is there anyone who you look up to maybe to add to that question? Yeah, there's a lot of people I look up to. I have a lot of like actual people in my life, like friends who I look up to. Um, but let me let me think about like people who anyone who is who's just doing positive work in the world, mm-hmm. anyone who is able to be a little bit vulnerable, not like sharing everything, just. I just mm-hmm. look up to people who are very true to themselves and um, I don't think I have anyone like very, very specific in mind, but yeah, there's so many, I look up to so many different people, just people mm-hmm. who are positive and kind. I just want people to be kind, you know, cause this world is like really scary right now. I so. know, especially at the moment, like when you, texted me um <clears throat> i was actually catching up on on the debate <laughs> even mm-hmm. though i'm not american like we are so involved yeah, from a I distance <laughs> and i was like okay i need a coffee like i need to sit what is happening um, like it, it's it's worse than a reality show it's like no one can even write this down it's so bad two presidents or future president who knows um are acting this way it's insane <laughs> It is honestly yeah. tragic. But um, thank you so much for doing this. I really like your spirit. I like your vibes. Um, for everyone who is in need of a positive environment, please go check her YouTube channel. Um, it's really like binge-worthy material. That's so. amazing. Thank you so much. That's so no. sweet. I I have poured a lot of time and energy into it so it means so much to me when people support me like this it's really sweet and no absolutely I appreciate you so much for having me on like you're a great great interviewer i just feel so connected and i just hope your podcast is just thrives and i hope it's number one 